Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, the unlikely missionary, DHW. This is episode two. I just want to do some uh, housekeeping stuff. Uh, in the last episode, episode one, I said that my blog was at dmissionary.blogspot.com. It's actually Lady D missionary.blogspot.com. So, um, little mix up there, but once again, it's Lady D missionary dot blogspot.com uh if you want to you can head over there and you can see um some of my content to get a feel for who i am but i thought that my first uh meat and potatoes episode i guess if you will i would uh do a sermon or talk that i do have on my blog but it was a sermon that i created to give a little backstory many many years ago that i had never gotten to preach Um, But it's one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible just because it captures the the essence, the true essence of salvation. And it breaks down all of the doctrine and rules that the church really places on um, who is worthy, who is allowed to be, what you have to do to be saved. And I think it's important that the very first... um, talk or podcast I do the first meat and potatoes one is to show you that salvation really is for any any and everyone and that no matter where you are or what you're doing or what you've done it doesn't disqualify you in the eyes of God one of the things that I talk about a lot is God's economy and our economy is not the same as God's economy God's economy has a whole bunch of different rules. Um, It's not exclusionary like um, the world's economy is that if you don't have enough money or if you don't look a certain way, if you don't have hair a certain way, all of those things disqualify you. In God's economy, none of that is disqualifying. So, um, this talk is based on the thief on the cross uh, next to Jesus Um, so going back to this day we know that Jesus was betrayed uh, he was crucified and he dies Um, but one of the most incredible storylines of that night is this dialogue and it probably wasn't even that long but this dialogue between Jesus and one of the thieves on the cross because there were two up there with Jesus it was um, three people that got crucified on Good Friday Jesus and two thieves Um, and let's you know not sugarcoat it these two people were career criminals they are people that in this world in the world's economy would be disqualified for deserving any good things okay they would be considered the lowest of the low they actually did the crime and they were now doing the time or you know paying the price jesus on the other hand had done nothing wrong 
um, you know, he was just living his life, speaking the truth. And uh, sometimes speaking the truth can lead to these type of um, outcomes. Um, But while Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's been severely beaten, you know, nails through his hands, if you have been touched a little bit by some church in your life, you know uh, this story. He's being mocked and at one point even the thieves on the cross dying next to him were mocking him. You know, in my mind, it's like, how can you possibly mock someone when you are literally nailed to a tree just like they are? But it is what it is, you know, and one of the thieves even, you know, had the audacity to to say You know, if you are truly who you say you are, save yourself and us. How crazy is that? You know, I'm going to sit here and mock you. And then I'm going to tell you, well, you know, prove yourself to me, even though I'm really not worthy of telling you to prove yourself to me at all. No one really has to prove anything to me. But if you truly who you say you are, not just save yourself, but save us too. Right? So that's so crazy. But now, this is when the story gets good. Okay, so let's look at the other guy, the other thief on the cross who, at first, you know, was joining in all the the stupidness. And then something clicked in his mind. And he stops. And... He's just watching Jesus. He's watching his response. He's watching how all this is happening and how Jesus is responding. Okay. And we all know people like this in our lives. They are the first to follow the crowd. But the more they watch how you are in the midst of your trial, something shifts. And that's what happened with this thief. As he's watching what's happening, something shifted. In context, we don't know how long they were up there on the cross before the thief um, is going to have this dialogue with Jesus. But at some point, the second thief finds himself rebuking the first thief and defending Jesus. You know, he recognized that they deserved to be up on the cross. Okay, the Dying by on the cro- on a cross is a very horrific death, but that was the punishment for crime back then. We don't have to agree with it, but that is what it is. Um, so he knew we're thieves. We've broken the law. This is the punishment for breaking the law. We deserve to be up here. But he also recognized that Jesus hadn't done anything. All he had done was talk to people heal some people that's not a crime and so he recognized that there was something about Jesus in the way he talked to and addressed the crowd even in the midst of his pain and suffering and he knew in those moments that Jesus was 
who he said he was. You know, we all struggle, you know, um, and not everybody's life is easy, but there is always an opportunity in our lives. There's always a point in our lives when we recognize that there's just something, you know, different in certain people. That's what draws us to people, you know, a kind word. Um, they have peace. They're patient. There's something about them that draws them to us. Now, mind you, this man is struggling to breathe. He's in incredible pain. He is dying. He knows that he's going to die. He knows that there's no more saving. He's not going to escape this. He is going to die. And he could have been with his fellow man on the other cross and asked God to save him from a situation that he created. You know, it's not like he was wrongfully accused. He knew that he deserved this payment for his crime. Okay, now how many times are we guilty of this? You know, that we ask God to save us from situations of our own making. Like, we messed up. And then the first thing we do is say, Oh Lord, help me. Oh God, help me. But like, really... You, it's not like a mistake occurred. No, you literally did that thing. And now you have to suffer the consequences, good or bad. But instead, he looks to Jesus and says, just remember me. You know, he didn't ask to be saved. He didn't ask for miracles. He just asked, Lord, Please, when you get to your kingdom, when you get to heaven, when you get to the place where you reign, remember me. Wow. Like, all he said was remember me. Now, this is the part that I love. This is the best part of the story because... This is how you know that you're loved by the creator. This is the total essence of why Jesus even came to earth. I imagine in my mind that this man was looking at Jesus the entire time, struggling in pain, waiting for his response. And Jesus did not disappoint. He said, today... You will be with me in paradise. He didn't say, you have to say a bunch of Hail Marys. He didn't say when you finally stop robbing. He didn't say when you stop cussing. He didn't say when you stop fornicating. Fornicating means having sex out of marriage. He didn't say when you stop loving who you love. And he didn't say when you stop drinking. He didn't say when you think like, when you let me think about it. He didn't say you aren't worthy. He didn't say you was just mocking me though. He didn't say no. He didn't hem. He didn't haw. He didn't say tomorrow. He said today, right now, you will be with me in paradise. Today. 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 Unfortunately, in the church today, 
we tell people that they have to get right. Somehow, this has become part of the narrative that you have to somehow get right before you come to Jesus. This story perfectly illustrates there is no get right before you come. This dude had no time to get it right. He was literally about to die. He's on the cross. He was just mocking Jesus. There is no get right. There is only believe, confess, receive. People, stop allowing other people to disqualify you from the love of Jesus. They do not define the criteria of salvation. Only God defines the criteria of salvation. And just like I said, you believe, you confess, you receive. That's it. There is no, I have to go uh, knock on doors to get salvation. There is no, I have to stand on street corners to get salvation. Those things are, are fine, but they don't save you. And those, the people who are creating these criteria, they don't save you either. The only person that saves your soul is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was sent here by God the Father. Okay? This thief... And you can insert your name here. Didn't have anything to offer Jesus. None of us have anything to offer Jesus. He has everything. He don't. We There's nothing that we can give him that he does not have. Okay. Jesus is in the saving soul business or the soul saving business. Okay. We are always asking God to save our bodies, but he came to save our souls, to help us to live our purpose in this life, to make us whole in the next. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you have done, where you have been. All you need to do is look up and cry out, Lord, remember me. Remember me. So simple. Because at the end of the day, the only person whose opinion matters, truly matters, is God. And we can fake out the best of them. I know I have done it for many years. I speak churches very well. But God knows your heart. And he responds accordingly. You know, Jesus knew who this man was. It wasn't like it was a surprise. He knew what he had done, where he had been. And Jesus knew he was receiving the punishment that he deserved. But, I love the buts in the scripture. But, Jesus also knew that he was sincere 
when he asked for a place in Jesus' thoughts. That's all he asked for, for a place in Jesus' thoughts. Now to get a little personal, in my own life, I have tried to live my life right uh, for the most part. Like I said, I've been a Christian for 20 plus years. Um, I got saved as a little girl and so I've always been in church and I tried to always do the right thing because it was important to me that I make God proud. But that doesn't mean that I always got it right. You know, and for some people in the church, I have done things that to them should disqualify me from heaven and salvation. But it's not up to them. Amen. It is up to God. God has the final say. There are no levels to this. The Bible says if that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, believe, confess, receive, you are saved. Point blank period. And there is nothing and no one that can separate you from the love of Jesus. So, regardless of what anyone says, look at what God says in his word. God has the final say. He always has had the final say. He always has it right now. He always will have it. And at the end of the day, you know, hold fast to know that if the thief can be forgiven and remembered and have a place in heaven, so can you. So this wraps up episode two of the podcast. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite uh, stories in the Bible, the thief on the cross. Um, I really hope that you um, enjoyed this podcast um, and I hope to talk to you soon. If you want to get more of the unlikely missionary, you can follow the blog at Lady D missionary.blogspot.com lady d e e missionary.blogspot.com or and or you can follow me on facebook at facebook.com slash unlikely missionary until next time if no one ever says it i want you to know you are loved